Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your okay friends, Alan Terry Kaysen Gross from NPR. And Steve, Steve, whatever. I was just trying Steve. to think as I was doing this. I was doing this. I was like, what if NPR took it? over the Podicesis podcast? Are we about, to, like, are we about was... to do like a pledge drive? Felt like we were in b- bizarro world. Podakesis is brought to you by listeners just like you. Like you. Hey, this is our monthly uh, friends drive. If you would like to give a monthly one dollar a day, right. donate. And here's Have a word from said... our friends from Sesame Street. Have you ever thought Today's about donating a car? To... You can donate it to the Podakesis podcast. Well, welcome, welcome uh, to yes. anybody who's still here. <laughs> That's Brett. Yes. That's Alan. I'm Jim. That's right. Hi. Wow. See, this is how it goes, guys. I was, I was, as I hit the record button, I thought, what if NPR opened up the Podakesis podcast? And you decided that it'd be okay to unleash that live. I those did, the, I did. Those are the voices we don't listen to, Brett. Those are the voices we do yeah. not listen to. Yeah, some voices in your head are okay. Other ones are not okay. Not, yeah, fair enough. If you'd like fair to enough. learn about that, there's an episode of the Spirit and Truth podcast with Pete Bellini that came out a while ago, and you can yeah. check on it. Yeah, okay. I probably need to go listen. Uh, so we we once again have a special episode, and uh, we are joined by a very special guest. Um, well, it's us, actually. It's just us. Oh. Um, we're joined just by by. By us. Um, by anyway, us. we are we're, we're talking Easter because as we're recording this, it's Maundy Thursday, and yes. uh, of Holy Week, and um, and and I guess I need to say to those who are listening who are not from more of the liturgical uh, side of things on the Christian tradition, I'm not saying Monday Thursday. I was about to say. Yeah, I'm not Wait, saying is Monday. Is it Monday th- or is it Thursday? Yeah, Which one is so it? Confused. Yes, um, we're saying Maundy Thursday, which means a mandate or commandment. And so uh, today we talk about the Jesus washing the disciples' feet, the Last Supper, um, the command to go do and go do likewise, um, and then next tomorrow is Good Friday, yes. and then Holy Saturday, and then the Big Daddy of them all, Easter. Big Daddy of them all. The <laughs> Daddy of them all. <laughs> Brett, you're on fire. Raise your hand. Day. Raise your hand if you live in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> Easter Sunday is almost Don't. here. All right, I've got. I've, I want to. I, I want to open with a quote and a uh, one question. Okay. Okay. One. Okay. This is a quote from a friend of the podcast and uh, the Anglophile we all love the most. Yes. Doctor Ryan Danker. Hello, Ryan. Um, Ooh, Ryan. In a, in a tweet yesterday. Yes. A, a tweet oh, is I a think... post on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, I appreciate you're that. You're welcome. I, I, I mean, we have to educate. I'm an educator at heart. Edu- educate. Um, <laughs> It's my spiritual gift. Yes. Um, Dr. Danker says, oh, wait, Easter falls on a Sunday. Maybe we should cancel church. And gentlemen, I'd just like to get your reactions. That, that, that is... Uh, <laughs> well, um, well, you know, it's Master's Weekend here in Georgia and in Central Georgia, uh, and the final round is on Sunday as well. So, oh wow, um, <laughs> I, I, I've heard rumors that in Augusta they're going to do uh, they're going to do Orthodox Easter because of that, which is in like a couple of weeks. So that's huh. what I've heard. Yeah. So obviously Ryan is uh, playing. I was the kidding. Fact by that the way, Christmas yeah, was, was on a Sunday this past year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and there yes. were several. 
well, there's there was churches that decided not to have worship on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Um, given and 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 the difference is, of course, that Easter always falls on the Sunday. Yeah. Uh, oh, Christmas oh. does not does not always yeah. fall on the Sunday. Right. Um, See, this is why I come the to difference? the show. Yeah. That's right. Too, here's yeah. your here's you know. Um, that's your Easter Cadbury egg nugget for the day right there. That, yeah. That right uh, I also, the most enjoyable part of this is, uh, reading the comments. Yes. <laughs> people who, people who have no sarcasm whatsoever. Right. Um, if uh, you subscribe to our Substack, you'll get to hear Jim Mara read those comments out loud. Uh, well, if that's <laughs> what brings us to open a Substack, I will do that. <laughs> Except the Substack is written form. And, well, you can um, add a you can add a little yeah I guess I don't know Patreon <laughs> maybe I should have said Patreon I don't know Ooh, Patreon. I don't know what's going on I don't know what's going on around here anyway we need happy Easter, listeners everybody. in we... order for to have those things <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that's a good point that's a good point well happy Easter everybody we wanted to do a special episode uh, just to talk a little bit more about Easter we've done this before um, where we just talk about what Easter means to us and um, so uh, we're gonna we want to do that again we're in this special season of the church it's my favorite time of year. Uh, spring is in the air. You've got um, you've got Easter Sunday, new life, new beginnings. Um, Jesus has risen from the dead. I mean, it's just an amazing, amazing time in the life of a Christian this time of year. So I wanted us just to talk about what this time of year means to us, maybe some favorite um, Easter stories from Scripture, um, maybe some teachings or whatever. And so I've got something from N.T. Wright that I want to share. Um, and But before we do, let's look at the Gospels for a second here. I've mm. always been amazed how unified but different the Gospels are. You know, you've got two Gentiles who write the Gospels, two Jews who write the Gospels, um, and then you've got but different takes, you know, throughout the life and ministry of Jesus. You've got different takes. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you, there are some shared stories, but also some unique stories and unique ways of doing things. John is a little bit, well, very different in a lot of areas. Um, one, a couple of scholars have said that the Gospels are passion stories with long introductions, and so mm-hmm. you've always got the passion story, the sufferings and death, and then the resurrection of Jesus and all of them. But the, like when you look at the resurrection stories, like in Matthew— um, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. In a very short passage in Matthew uh, 28, that don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid gets repeated over and over and over again. In Mark, if you take verses 9 through 20, 21 out, um, the the ending that looks like it was added on and you, you just end at verse 8, it ends in fear. They ran away, they left in fear. Mm-hmm. Then um, in, in Luke... You have um, uh, the kind of, again, the story, you got the women, you've got the, uh, the testimonies, you've got the, the things going on there from Luke's perspective. Um, and then in John, uh, you've got some uh, interesting teachings there as well yeah. about, about the resurrection, just kind of little nuanced ways of looking at the resurrection. So um, I, we're preaching, I know... Um, uh, what's your name, Alan? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, right funny. here. We got, listen, right here. <laughs> we are doing. We are. We are being very bold and courageous, recording yeah. an episode on Holy Week. Some of y'all don't know, but when pastors all the, have all some the work preachers, to do, Amen. Yes, it's a. It's a little. It's a little bit of a. Yeah, day. it is. Anyway, so, so you said we're preaching about the, go- the yeah. gospel. We're all preaching. So, 
Alan is preaching out of Matthew on Easter. Mm-hmm. There's a very interesting little nugget there. I'm preaching out of John on Easter. What you what are you preaching on? Uh, I'm preaching out of uh, Matthew 28. Uh, okay. It's the lectionary passage for the year, and I've committed. We did a lot of Matthew early on and yeah. followed through the lectionary gospel readings throughout really the first half of this year for some strategic yeah. purposes. Yeah. But so I you're also doing... like it because I always go, almost always go to the John passage. Yeah. I don't know why, because for me, um, I'm drawn to the the personal interaction. There's characterization of Mary. There's characterization yeah. Yeah. of Jesus. And yeah. I guess maybe as a, as a drama and literary guy from my yeah. past lives, um, I'm drawn to that. And so I honestly, I have not preached Easter from Matthew before. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be pretty fun. It feels, yeah. it feels, listen, I'm going to tell you just something real quick. It feels like there's a little bit of some taunting going on. Yeah. Um, so you've got, this is the one where you, Matthew really tells us about how the uh, civil and religious leaders really go way out of their way mm-hmm. to keep everything. They say, hey, Let's post guards so the disciples can't say that Jesus rose, but they took him out of the grave. And then they pay off the guards at the end. It's this whole thing. The guards are there all night long. An angel just moves a stone, perches himself up on top yeah. of it. It's like a little who do who do who who do you yeah, think you are? Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious, actually. It's awesome. And uh so you're doing you're doing out of Matthew. And Matthew, you know, Matthew's such an interesting book anyway, because it's one of the Jewish authors. He's very like in a lot of Jewish allusions within um yeah. in, in in the gospel itself. And so one of the things we have to ask ourselves, and the Matthew, all the gospel writers, I think, to an extent, but Matthew definitely, Matthew sees Jesus as a new Moses, right? Like as this uh, new Moses figure. Who's coming out? Um, uh, who, who's leading his people out of slavery to sin and death? Right, and so the culmination of this, the the Passion Week, the um, the cross, the resurrection, and even the ascension, um, all is a culmination of this story that this new mo- this prophet, this Moses figure, this this David, this Messiah, this da- Davidic figure, they he's come to. Uh, uh, culmination like he's come to it's come to a climax at this moment and um so i think there's if you look at it in those through that lens um particularly looking at the old testament um allusions that are made throughout the gospel it's a it's a fantastic it's a wonderful it's awesome it whole yeah. it ties all together <clears throat> absolutely and it and it, jesus becomes when jesus enters the scene and completes his work uh, the prophet, priests, and kings of the Old Testament with Moses and David yeah. and Elijah and others, they actually become prefigurements of Christ. Right. Christ, not so much a redo of them, but right. they become signs that have pointed all along to this thing that's, that's just happened, this person that holds yeah. it all together in one person. So um, Alan is preaching on something... Um, <laughs> Very interesting, and uh, I hope he doesn't that, change his mind. Yeah, I hope this not. Is going either, on right? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's still it, it's thirsty. It's still shape, taking shape. Let's shape, be honest, yeah. right? 
Um, but it's a story that I don't think I've ever heard preached <clears throat> other than in the reading of Scripture. I don't think anyone's ever really pre- I've heard anyone preach on this these passages before. So, Alan, take it from there. Take it from well, here. Well, so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach um, from Luke 24. Um, and... Um, focusing on why are you looking among the dead for someone who is yeah. alive mm-hmm. that phrase right there yeah yes. and then um but what i'm going to do is i'm going to go back and sort of highlight all the different moments where jesus raised somebody from the dead mm-hmm. um that he he did it a lot if you look in the i mean it's it yeah, happens it's a lot, a lot. Yeah. it's yeah. like almost every other um he's on his way somebody you know um somebody needs him is somebody's daughters died somebody's you know um and he over and over again lazarus of course um oh that guy yeah that guy um and then um and kind of what started this is what uh brett alluded to was matthew 27 and it's during um matthew's telling of the crucifixion um and matthew 27 verse um da, 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 um it's 51, uh, 52, uh, 51, 52, 53, um, or starting with 50. Then Jesus shouted again and he released the spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. The bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. So that's amazing in itself, right? Yes. Um, but they left, they left the cemetery after Jesus' resurrection, went into the holy city of Jerusalem, and appeared to many people. Yeah. Um, so they were raised from the dead. Apparently, they hung out in the cemetery <laughs> for a couple of days. And, and it wasn't until Jesus they're was resurrected. Folks, man. Yeah, yeah, they're home folks. They were like, we're cool here. Um, uh and it wasn't it wasn't until after Jesus' resurrection they went into Jerusalem and appeared to many people. And can you and, imagine like maybe it says holy folks, so let's just assume let's just make some assumptions, right? Like maybe someone like John the Baptist or some other folks, and they're walking around and already and people are like, Wait, didn't he? <laughs> What's what, what what's, up with that? What's, um, what's up with that? And I guess it's just the this whole idea that Jesus is the Lord of death yes. and life, yeah. and yeah. that that Jesus is the one who gives us life. Yeah. Um. And um. You know, my, from a preaching point, it's like why why are we going after things? Why are we going after dead things to find life? Mm-hmm. Um. And and I'm gonna you know name those things. Um. And. Uh, when and it's just all of this and it's just and it's um i mean i could go on a tangent that hey you know as 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 believers with filled with the holy spirit that hey we should be doing the things that jesus did which is you know i mean jesus raised people from the dead why aren't we praying for that but mm-hmm. that's not where i'm going um oh, okay mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but is the I mean, uh, all of these things all of these things um on another level we're pointing to jesus um as the author of life and um he is, he is over death and he's over life. Um, anyways, um, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I it's, think it's just amazing. It's one <laughs> of the really most. Think about 
it's one of the most amazing things, and it's like two verses in Matthew. It's so easily, like even Alan was saying, looking at it this morning when we before we were recording, he goes, why didn't I see this? You know, yeah. Like, and I think it's one of those things where the information is so sparse that you, it's easy to skip over. You know it, what? It's also easy to do in these passages is um, fill in the gaps that your eyes pass over with the fact that we already know these stories. Yeah, right. see, that's, yeah. yeah, that's a good yeah, one. No, so, yeah. so, I mean, I like passionate <clears throat> attention to the text. The details of the text is something that's just, a, it's got to be a discipline again. It's so easy yes. to get out of. Well, no and it's like, what this, treasures? Is the, this is the crucifixion passage, but it's really a, a verse about the resurrection. Yeah. About the right. resurrection. Right. right. Um, and so, you know, if you're following a neat, nice, little tidy, uh, organized thing, then you you've you've already gone past this passage, right? Um, right. When you're getting ready for Easter, and so um, and 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 if you don't if you don't celebrate Good Friday, or if you're not if you're not one of the this is one of those passages that sort of could easily get skipped, um, right? Um, along the along the fact that we we ha- we just have been some of us have been reading these stories forever, and you just sort of start they just kind of blur together. That's correct. That's right. So I'll be preaching out of John. Um, it looks like I'm preaching out of the John. This uh, That's my plan anyway, as of right now, um, how these things can change. But um, one one thing that's always interested me is Mark's telling of this. Um, and because the way it ends, it just cuts off. Um, it ends, So, it, you know, it says when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, they brought spice, they bought spices, they go to prepare the body, they go to roll the stone away. They're even asking who will roll the stone away because, you know, it's pretty heavy. Uh, they look up and the stone is rolled away. There's a man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. They were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he says. You're looking for Jesus. He is risen. He's not here. Uh, go tell Peter. Go tell the disciples. Um, and he's going ahead of you. And trembling, this is the line right here, verse 8, and this is how the gospel ends. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. That was it. Now, this has caused issues with the gospel of Mark. Um, In fact, if you keep reading, you'll see that there is an ending there that most manuscripts, ancient manuscripts, don't have, something that perhaps was added later on um, as more of a a commentary or whatever— um, about the power of the resurrection, um, and 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 it, who knows? Maybe there was an original ending that got lost. I I tend to agree with uh, uh, scholars that say this was the original ending that it just ended, uh, the story ended and was meant to end um, this way because the this is not the end of the story. Like this is this is this part. Now we're going on to you know the role of the church and and, and all of that. So. Um, there, this. I mean, have you? What do y'all make of this? Just kind of abrupt, fearful ending of the Gospel of Mark, when you got Matt. You know, Matthew ends with this triumphal ascension into heaven, and the disciples are given this great commission. Right, go and make disciples. I mean, it's a it's a straight up ending. Luke ends, but then it transitions over to the book of Acts, and you you move on. Uh, John it ends with a fishing a fish fry like this, you know, but a reinstatement of of Peter. But Mark just ends with fear after the I'm, resurrection. I'm, 
Unless you're like, no, man, the Byzantine text stands. Somebody wanted to take out the snake handling bit. They're trying to steal and edit my Bible. They're taking verses out. We've addressed that in season one a long time ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah, absolutely so, true. So, look, if uh, this is one of those things that makes me uh, just really sit back and, and meditate a little, and it's part of what's happening as I'm preparing for, for my Easter message this week, too. It's like, look, Easter, yay, he is risen, yay, colors yeah, come to church, yeah. yay, yay, yay. But just step back and think and try to try to— just re-envision the moments of the death and the trauma and the grief and the fear of all that's going on and the powers that are still leveraging upon these women and those disciples. Right. You know, it's not over. Jesus has died. It's not just over. There are religious authorities and civil authorities, and there's uh, political, I'm sorry, uh, public opinion still out there. Right. Uh, All this stuff's going on. Like, it's dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about life and death. You're talking about bodies mm-hmm. and tombs. Mm-hmm. And it's not just abstract life and death. I mean, you're talking about bodies and tombs and blood, and you're talking about an angel of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and and if you if you look back, I love the images that are out. You know, they go all up on social media these days. It's like a Hallmark angel, a biblical yeah. angel. <laughs> and it depicts like with all the yeah. eyes and the wings and the heads. And, um, <laughs> right. But but an angel coming, a, a being uh, that's bearing witness and message of God has to come with a with a otherworldly sense of glory about it too. So if you sit in those spaces, it's not just oh well they were afraid. They don't have what you have now, right? You know what we have now has come through those women, those disciples, through all of the church, through all of the people working through real stuff. Yeah. And and of course Jesus's other appearances that may or may not be recorded in Mark, right? Exactly, um, exactly. So well, I think there, good. Well, I think I think Mark is um, Mark is one of those quick like Mark is always like immediately, immediately, immediately. Right. Like it starts um, starts quick, it ends quick. I mean, it ends. Yeah. You know, like I mean, why not? You know, right. I mean, um, I mean, we we yes. we like nice tidy endings, right? And right. so. I'll tell you one other thing too. I don't in, in Mark. Um, we've done some in-depth study here at the church, and in you know inductive Bible study things like that. If you trace out what the climax and the major point and thrust of Mark's message is, it's not the resurrection per se. Um, the climax comes when the centurion says, "Surely yes. this man is the Son of God." Right. And, and I'm going to give you a little tidbit. Um, a couple things happen in Mark. It opens um, with some this is language stuff the heavens are torn open yeah, yeah and a voice the voice of god declares this is my son the gospel opens with a declaration of this is the gospel of jesus christ the son of god the messiah right. then the heavens are torn and yeah. that voice comes out and all throughout the gospel it's who is this don't tell anybody who i am the identity is secret mm-hmm. uh, people start to to know but that's not good that's not good enough yet then you, jesus is crucified and the same word for torn the, uh, the heavens are torn open. The only other time you see it in the Gospel of Mark is when the curtain of the temple is torn. Mm-hmm. And that happens, and there is a voice. Mm-hmm. But this time it's not from heaven. Mm-hmm. This time it's from an ethnic and national outsider, who a sinner who is at the foot of the cross, likely participating in Jesus' death. This time he's the one who says, surely this is the Son yeah. of God. Yeah. And so the Gospel of Mark doesn't climax out until its big point until somebody of the nations, 
Yes. A Gentile declares and knows that this is the Son of God. And then, right. and he rises from the dead just to make sure that that... That, you know, that gets in there, yeah, yeah. And it's just a matter of like, hey, what lens are you putting on this? Not everybody tells the whole story. Sometimes you come in in the midst. Sometimes you come in from the back end, from the front right. end. Well, and so interesting. So Joe Donjel from Asbury has a, uh, a Bible study on seedbed on Mark. It's a very in-depth, like 30 four week we we I've taught it a couple of times I'm teaching it right now actually here um and um it is it's an amazing th- uh study amazing in depth I mean in depth study of the gospel of mark and some of the things that come out of there is that there is a popular opinion now among scholars that mark was peter's testimony to john mark um, during the missionary journeys that Peter, well, early missionary journeys to the Gentiles that Peter was on, and that Mark was writing these stories down, and this would later become the gospel. So you've got Peter's testimony in here, and it makes a lot of sense when you see how Peter is 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 depicted within the gospel itself. But um, yeah, you, you, it, but it also makes sense that you would have a pagan. Um, declare Jesus as the Son of God. The As uh, Dr. Donjel puts it, he says that the Roman centurion is the first person to declare who Jesus really is unassisted. Yeah. Uh, unassisted. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, you can go as far as to say he is the first—is he not the first human? That's right, the first human. Because dec- Peter confesses him as the Christ— he yes, that's only, right. Only the centurion confesses him as the son of God. Right, right. And the son, and, and, and even there, Peter is assisted. Right, he goes flesh. Yes. You know, you, you're you don't you don't really know what you're saying is what Jesus is right. saying. This has been revealed to you. The Roman centurion does does it from within himself. Right. Um. And so, uh, Mark is just a beautiful thing, and that ending just gets richer and richer and richer when you look at it through those lenses. Also, can I just say this? Biblically speaking, Mark is not the only abrupt ending in the Bible. You've got uh, Chronicles ends very abruptly. Second yeah, Chronicles all, all ends done. very abruptly. Acts ends very abruptly. Uh, I've actually thought about doing a sermon series called Unfinished, where you go through the end- these kind of abrupt endings, tell kind of a story about how it got to there. And then, but then you get to Revelation, which it is not unfinished. It is finished, and it comes to completion. Mm. Um, and then you yeah. can ask that question, the preacher question. Yeah, your life isn't finished either. Where, <laughs> how, how, how can your life become right? Exactly. All that stuff. Um, you know, during this season, I always uh, tend to go back to a, a, a book that is um, very meaningful to me. I, I try to read it about once a year. Uh, it's it's from uh, by N.T. Wright, who's just awesome biblical hist- uh, and, and historical scholar. Um, but this book is very accessible. It's uh, called The Challenge of Jesus. Um, and in this book, he lays out why the resurrection, the bodily resurrection of Jesus, the mm. bodily resurrection of Jesus, is it matters, why it matters, why it mattered in the uh, first century, um, and why it matters today for us. And if y'all, uh, I have, I've read this and it becomes, it moves from academic to devotional for me. Um, and he is speaking, um, he is speaking about Paul's understanding of the resurrection from 1 Corinthians 15. Yeah, we get a lot of that 
in the yeah. later letters too. Yeah, um, writing in the fifties. Um, and here, here were some. Uh, he puts it this way. He goes, Paul writing in the early fifties, claiming to represent the whole mainstream of the church, believed uh, what the church believed, insisted on certain things about the resurrection of Jesus. One, it was the moment when the Creator God fulfilled His ancient promises to Israel, saving them from their sins or from exile. It thus initiated the last days, and at the end, at the end of which the victory over death begun at Easter would be at last complete. Um, so, exile language is there. So, think uh, Ezekiel thirty-seven, the uh, the Valley of the Dry Bones, which is exile language, which is return from exile, all of that. Um, it involved to involved the transformation of Jesus' body. It was that is to say, neither a resuscitation, neither resuscitation of Jesus' dead body to the same sort of life, nor an abandonment of that body to decomposition. Paul's account presupposes a, an empty tomb, and I think Paul's pretty clear of that in 1 Corinthians 15. Um, it involved Jesus' being seen alive in a very limited early period after which he was known as present to the church in a different way. These early sightings constituted those who witnessed them as apostles. So these folks who it became kind of a test for who was an apostle and who wasn't. It was a prototype, and this is, what's, this is where it moves for me, into kind of devotional uh, language. It was the prototype for the resurrection of all God's people at the end of the last days. Paul holds on to this idea that we all get to participate in the resurrection, um, that the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is the spirit that lives within us. And it was thus the ground, fifth, it was thus the ground not only for the future hope of Christians, but their present work. We don't just look forward to that day in which we will be raised from the dead. We work today. We do the things with our hands and our feet because we ultimately have hope that Jesus will set all things back to the way it was is supposed to be, including ultimate victory over death. We all will be raised from the dead. We will all come to, who, who have faith in him, come to experience those the fruits of the resurrection in our lives. So um, that that that's where, you know, like I, I like to say at funerals, um, we don't grieve as the world grieves, because the world grieves without hope. We grieve, we have tears, but our tears are full of hope because we know, we know, we know that we get to participate in the ultimate resurrection at the end of the last days. So... That is uh, that I, and this has always been a, a source of reminding me this time of year why Easter matters. It matters because ultimately the hope that comes with it, the hope of, of, of the promises of God to, be, to come to fruition, we see in Jesus this, uh, what is it Paul calls it, the first fruits of the resurrection, right? That we get to participate in that, um, and it not just in some disembodied way, but in every, every way. Mm. Yeah, man. So, so I would say that the resurrection matters completely, ultimately. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> Breaking news, the resurrection matters. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, breaking news, Easter is on a Sunday. Easter is on a Sunday. It is, it is. And so is the Masters final round. And so, so uh, you almost have to say this, the resurrection's just permanently intertwined with the crucifixion. I don't know how much does the atoning work of the cross without the completion of the atoning work and final work of resurrection, how does it even matter? Because right. if you can wash people clean of their sins, but you cannot remove the curse of death. Right. You see, it they go matters. they go hand in hand. Absolutely. Right. So the cross matters, but the cross matters because the resurrection matters, but the resurrection matters because of the cross. Cross, mm. right. And so we're talking, when we talk about inception. different ways that people hit inception, <laughs> into, this, into the Spider-Verse, um, when we talk about the ways that you know, we are saved from our sins, atonement yeah. and such. Um, you have both things happening because, yes, we are only free from our sins because Christ has died for us. And there are multiple ways of viewing that. He died yeah. as a substitution. He died in lots of different ways. Right. Um, but then also the curse of death has to be removed or else we are still In dead. our sins, right. You know, it would be forgiven for sins, and, and you can remove, but you have to remove the curse. So it's a, it's a hand-in-hand work. Mm -hmm. And so for me, one of the things that is super important um, as we get into Easter is the old motif of the Christus Victor. Yeah. Uh, the Christ is victorious over death. Where, oh, death is your sting. Where is your right. victory? Um, and you think about all of the ways that death and sin have power over people now. Mm -hmm. And then, but they just don't if in Christ. Yes. Um, I mean, why why are we so concerned about how we look as we age? Right. Because we are afraid of ultimately, yeah. Yeah. ultimately death and yeah. the dying of the social capital and all of these things and ability. But death is defeated. So that's a huge thing. That's right. Um, yeah, he, that's that's he, my that's my final thought for the day. What is it? Uh, how uh, Wesley uh, puts it, he breaks the power of canceled sin. Oh, that's that's like my favorite Wesley line. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's good stuff, right there, man. Well, um, you know what? I think we've said it right. Like Easter matters. We love Easter. Um, well, uh, Jim and I do. Alan is still. I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Okay. Oh, there's that guy. Y'all, well. I got this I got this text today just talking about really just quickly just this has nothing theological at all but uh so there was a local club, I think I can't remember if it's the Civitan club or whatever here in Dublin. They were going to do an helicopter egg drop on Saturday. Yes. And that's what we all need. And yes. I was like this is kind of amazing. Um, and then I just got the text that said it's been canceled because of rain coming through. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why, but that just made me laugh um, that the helicopter egg drop has been canceled due to weather coming through. <laughs> so, you know, um, it would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> I just have this image of either you got plastic eggs that are filled, but they're those cheap eggs. And so yeah. when they fall on the ground, they just break open. Break open, yeah. Or mm -hmm. some joker dyed a bunch of unboiled eggs. And then you just egg the whole town. Egg the whole town. Breaking breaking news. Eggs. Easter eggs. 
do not matter. Oh! We lost all of our listeners. Yeah, all the 10-year-olds and younger. We lost. By the way, Brett's been drinking out of a coffee cup this whole time. He's been sitting in the back. If you see on YouTube, it says rise. Rise and grind. Oh, well, the grind part. All right, y'all. This is been energetic, super insightful um, sermon prep. I mean, episode about Easter for all of you. I hope that your Easter celebration has been great. Even if it rained, it doesn't matter. Yes, that's exactly right. Because of resurrection. Yeah, I don't know where y'all live, but over here, it's about to rain. Yes. For for 72 more years. And... um, (laughs) Which is longer than the 40 days and the 49. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but Easter's still going to be beautiful. I hope it is for all of you. Yes, I hope that you'll absolutely. come back and hang out with us again soon. Yes. Uh, uh, I don't know. At some point, we're going to get back to the TFOD. So, um, but until then, happy Easter, Podic humans. And uh, we will talk to y'all next time. Yeah.